0: Yeah, man. Yeah, Yeah, man. It's the podcast Podcast. with Rodrigo Torres Jr. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Oh, yeah. Yeah, man. It's the podcast with Rodrigo Torres, man. Oh, yeah. Check it out. Over here doing backup vocals on L. This is intro song for the Yeah Man podcast. Yo, we's back again. Your main man, Mr. Rodrigo Torres Jr. in the house. Thank you very much for the introduction there. Oh, you're welcome. Shout out to Tommy Cooper, RIP, British comedian. Yeah. What up, you guys? How you guys doing? Yeah, man. So uh, we're back uh, a week late, but we're back. Uh, we will make up for it. Who's we? I thought it was you. Listen, man, there's no I in team, but I will make it up for you. Don't worry about that. With my little Cockney voice here, (laughs) there's always going to be some dude, huh? Dude, that's not Cockney, dude. That's like Birmingham, England dialect. (laughs) There's always your smarty pants somewhere, you know? Who knows? I don't even know, you know? Yeah, man. So... Yes, 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 yes. Um, got back from Raleigh, North Carolina. It was good. It was cool. With the homie uh, Toby Hicks and Felipe uh, Esparza. Had a great uh, run of shows out there. Shout out to uh, the sound crew, Mikey uh for uh yeah, just fucking being hospitable and all that, but dude, the crowds were awesome. The crowds in uh, Raleigh, North Carolina remind me of uh like Salt Lake City, Utah, and spokane uh Washington, and Tacoma, where uh you don't think just 'cause uh you know you're gonna be like, oh dude, these these people ain't gonna get it i don't i don't i don't I don't think these people are gonna get it, you're already inside your head when you get over there. And you say, fuck it, dude. I'm just going to be myself, man. And you end up doing uh, well and uh, far uh, better than you expected. And not that you do bad, but it's just like it's not L.A. It's not the West Coast. Uh, You feel like uh, they're not going to get it. But they did, dude. Um, uh, Mad respect. And uh, we were in Birmingham, uh, Alabama, uh, the prior prior, – or the week prior to that, and that was in, uh, uh, Alabama. Yeah, man, Alabama, welcome, man. Y'all want some sweet tea, man, man. Uh, uh, we got it all for y'all, man. I mean, I don't even know if this is like a good Southern boys. It's kind of more like a Texas Southern boys. if you know what I mean? <laughs> so, Birmingham was the shit, dude. Uh... And it was, it's weird, dude. I've been to Birmingham, uh, Alabama before, legendary club, the Stardom. Uh, and I did good this time. Good, like, okay, good. I didn't do, like, I think one of the my sets was pretty, like, above good. I mean, shit, I'm a heart of critic on myself, you know? But, uh, yeah, dude, um, uh, it, it was, uh, it was a trip, dude. It was, a... it last time I was there, it was, you know, again, as an opener, it's a different, um, it's a different setting than like you know featuring or headlining, you know you go up cold, but it's not that it's an excuse. But I've always felt like um, like I wasn't grasped all the way there, you know. Um, so you know it's not that it was weird, but it was just like Ugh, I could have done better. I wish you could have done better, or like they don't get me, but oh dude, fuck it. <laughs> But uh you can't complain, dude. Just building up the chops. You know what I mean? So uh yeah, dude. Um it was it was it was it was a cool experience. I mean, uh last time didn't really do anything from the hotel to the little um uh joint, Jim and Jack's I think it's a barbecue joint. Eh, it's all right. Rudy's in Texas is better. <laughs> Why you don't like all barbecue dog? It's not that I don't like it, it's just not that good. <laughs> so uh birmingham was uh was uh it was cool it was, it was it was real cool um but the best thing i mean i got a haircut there um got got a little faded you know it was a trip because uh there's way more uh, latinos and i think it's mostly latinos of uh, mexican descent there in um in birmingham and the first time I've been to uh, um, Alabama was in 96 with Voodoo Glow Skulls uh, band. And there was like a handful of Latinos. You know, most that we seen was uh, working at the car washes there. Why are you trying to bag, bro? I'm just calling it like I see it, dog. There's no bag in here. Uh, and this time it's like, dude, it was, uh, it was a trip because the shows were like mixed. Um, uh, A third Latino um uh, uh I'm over here like trying to uh work on my division here, my fractions. It was one third Latino, one third white, and uh one third black, you know. Uh and uh it was mixed, it was good. Last time it was mostly white, mostly black. So um Latinos represented that. However, um this is the first time uh I went out there and I went to uh, I wanted to go last time, but um Uh, I didn't get a chance to go. The thing is, when you're on the road, and these are just my, uh, not necessarily their rules or guidelines. You know, you do whatever the fuck you want, period. Um, In 96, there was no time to go. In 96, 2000, I was there. Maybe in 98 as well with a band. Um, Usually when you're in a band or you're on the road with the band, part of the crew, uh, you, uh, especially if you got a tour bus, that's shit because you don't really have to worry about anything. Sometimes they get uh, a couple rooms so t- t- to shower before the show and clean up right before you take off. Um, but when you're on a tour bus, it's a luxury. Uh, 2000 was a tour bus and 96 with Voodoo. Uh, 98 was a, a shuttle and a bit uncomfortable, mate, if on my say. But that's uh, so all that was there for transportation, so, you know, you take what you can get. I mean, I remember on that tour in 98 with Voodoo, I mean, shit. Uh, they did two weeks on the Warp Tour, which is, was a shit. Uh, I got to see um, Deftones for three weeks. You know what I mean? No effects, rancid. And uh, for one day, the Warp Tour and the, um, what's Ozzy's things? OzFest uh, linked up and we got to see System of a Down. Um, Ozzy, of course. But I think we took off before Ozzy played um so that was bitching but you know just the drive part was like kind of ruthless and what i was getting to was that we were driving a lot uh frank at that time was uh doing the brunt of the driving i think uh, george the bass player was doing some um we didn't get hotel rooms some nights i mean a handful of nights especially on that tour i mean we we're like driving up to hotel rooms getting there getting real close and no vacancy and then we'll get there it said vacancy we'll get to the um door frank will go in there and uh nah, we're sold out, and sometimes we went all the way to the venue, to the Warped Tour venue, and, uh, we, uh, slept there, dude, in the, uh, shuttle, dude, and then woke up in the morning, cruised around, washed our faces, and all that stuff, so, yeah, it was, a, it was, a definitely a DIY tour, I mean, they were all pretty much DIY tours, uh, Voodoo's never been on a major, uh, they've been doing everything by themselves since pretty much the inception, uh so yeah man it was uh it was quite brutal, but I mean, you know what you just roll with it you gotta roll with it <laughs> there's there's nothing else you can do, you know what I mean um you know, and that's funny like when uh comedy um uh there's some tours that do that do all the dates in one chunk, mostly um they're broken up in weeks in comedy clubs or whatnot, and uh you uh you do Thursday through Sunday or Friday through Sunday or Thursday through Saturday, but you know you take off the day of or the day before and you leave the night of or the morning after. Uh, so it's it's kind of different. So you get to kind of rest, you know it's you're on tour, but you really ain't on tour. You are, but you're not. But when you tour like as a band, you're really on the road. you know you're gone for a month, month and a half. And um, you know sometimes you see people crack. It was a trip in um in two thousand I remember uh um it's a trip <laughs> it's a trip it's a trip it's a trip how many times are you gonna say it's a trip? You know, you don't really want to drop names, you know, that's like not cool at all. But it was a notable band and um the bass player in the band. And a veteran too, man. A dude was married. There was a girl on uh that was working on their crew who uh, single girl A couple of guys in uh, Voodoo were, like, not necessarily linking up with, but they were definitely um, hanging out. And then the bass player of that band was like, dude, she's too young. Or, like, not really saying it to us, but, like, kind of like you can see it in his eyes. Going, why is our, like, uh, merch girl hanging out with dudes in that band, you know? And where that dude was getting almost possessive. And this is a married man. And then, like, close, like, a week before the tour ended, uh, you can just see that, like, his face, he was just, like, deteriorate, deteriorating. And he was definitely, like, dude, you can just tell he was almost close or on the verge of, like, a nervous breakdown. Excuse me. Um, so, yeah, man, you see that stuff. And, uh, you know, I always held it together, man. You know, I looked at it as, like, dude, it wasn't necessarily a job or a career. I was a dude working at a record store, and uh, these guys that i known – uh, since I was 14, 14 and a half, um, since high school pretty much, freshman year, uh, these guys uh, just would take me on the road on the summertime. And uh, it was kind of like a treat. Like, hey, come with us, dude. I mean, shit, you're working here. We'll get somebody to cover for you. And kind of like a little, like a semi-vacation, dude. You get to see the um, the country, you know. And in, um, in one case, all the way to Puerto Rico, another case, Hawaii. So it was really, 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 really cool. And you just see how the c- world works in um in a in that uh touring setting. So yeah, man, it can get grueling, but what I was getting at, like if you're traveling like a shuttle or a van, you know, you get all crouched up and stuff, and you know, can't really extend the legs sometimes. But you get off and make your pit stops. You know, people uh, get some snacks, get some food. Um, it's an interesting fact too that I, what I heard uh, about the band the Ramones that they never had a tour bus in the states. They they always traveled in a van, which was like kind of hard to believe, dude. You know, you'd think they'd be all like rock star status, but they pretty much did it a DIY. And then you know, they go to places like South America, and uh, they're playing stadiums, arenas. You know, it's a trip. So yeah, man. Uh, yeah. So uh, back to the original uh, thought where. Yeah, dude, um, traveling in a tour bus is just like phenomenal, dude. It's like you're in a, you're pretty much in a little luxurious uh, uh, motorhome home, home, you know? You got bunks, you can chill out to whenever, watch DVDs, play video games, all that shit. And then my homie Vinny right now is on tour with uh, John Five. Uh, He was working with um, the dude from Rancid, Matt Freeman. He has a band called Devil's Brigade and um, DJ. Bone Break from uh, X plays drums in the band, and uh, Steve malaki who was in the Grabbers, I believe. Malecki's is last name for sure, but I don't know what his first name is. I'm kind of like spacing on it, but I believe it's Steve. If it's not, I apologize. What's going on? This is like no apology tour, here, huh? Um, he, they, they were on on tour, uh, and Vinny got hooked up with that. I mean, Vinny again is my uh, one of my partners. He. Uh, you know, linked up with Voodoo as well. He was my neighbor, homie. And I hooked him up, and um, has road experience. So, yeah, and with that being said, uh, one of our friends, old friends, uh, by the name of uh, Paul Chavez, he's been touring uh, with Rob Zombie, this guy, John Five, and they crossed paths one time, and uh, he told him that he was on the road with Homeboy, uh, Mr. Freeman. He's all, dude, I might have some work for you. And then, boom did a tour with John five and now you know, he's on a tour with John five again right now. And, uh, they're, uh, hitting it on a tour bus. So yeah, it just so much easier. Just, ah, uh, you know what I mean? It's just, it's a trip. If you've never been a part of that, I can't really explain it, you know? So yeah, man on the road again, but Birmingham, dude, Birmingham was, uh, was cool. But the best part about Birmingham for me, uh, I don't know if you guys know, I'm a, i am uh have a bachelor's in uh, history study of history and one of the most, uh, interesting, uh, segments of our, um, of our history, which I'm actually going back in kind of, uh, thinking about like American history. Um, I kind of like the inception, our history, like, you know, how it was formed, constitution and, uh, the, the origins of our country. But one of the ones that I was, um, uh, one of the, um, I guess studies in history that of, uh, in our country, was uh, the civil rights uh, movement uh, in the '60s, uh, and uh, Birmingham was a um, a hotbed for a lot of stuff that happened. You know, uh, I mean, on top of being a stronghold of segregation back in the uh, back in the day. But one thing that I never got to see, uh, I never got to see in um, in '96, in '98, in 2000. And in 2008, no, not 2008, it was 2008, Yeah, no, 2017, I think, Uh, the last time I went to Birmingham as a comedian, I didn't get to go to the uh, Birmingham uh, Institute of uh, Civil Rights, which is pretty much under the U.S. Department of uh, the Interior, National Park Service that runs it. And I went uh, this time, I just got an Uber, went down there, and... uh, you go to the museum and it was a trip, man. Uh, it's, it's, it's a trip because it's part of your, uh, history. I mean, uh, my folks, they're from uh, Mexico. My grandfather was born in Cutler, California, um, as I mentioned before, but I know there's a lot of, uh, Mexicans of Mexican descent that really have, um, a longing for the motherland, which I do to a point. Um, but it's not my core. Um, I would say, like, um, not my core, um, I don't know, my center for uh, nostalgia culturally, um, um, or as far as my just, just like as far as being uh, with coming from uh, Mexican heritage. But it's very interesting from uh, pre Columbian times up to the, you know, the golden era cinema. Even, I mean, they had their struggles. Uh, in 1968, uh, there was a massacre in um, in Mexico City. Uh, and, you know, hundreds of students were uh, massacred. And by the time um, the sunrise came, it was all washed away. It looked like it never happened. Um, and, you know, obviously in 68, uh, too, uh, it was uh, Kent State. I think a couple of students uh, were shot and uh, killed by um, the National Guard. But... Um, what it is I want to say here uh, I mean I'm a hundred percent American, so uh, my uh, the history of our country always is uh, far uh, superior I mean I, w- I liked uh, British history when I was in school, uh, Latin American history, Mexican history being one of them as well but um being uh, a part of uh, this great nation you uh, start going like damn dude like you know some some stuff uh, went down here. It's still going down. Uh, as far as that, like, you know, uh, you know, you see aspects of it, you know, littered littered around. You can see it in social media and stuff. You know, people <laughs> act like uh, um, stuff are as crazy as they were back then, but it definitely isn't. Um, but nevertheless, uh, the point I was trying to make is uh, when I went there, you start going through the motions of um, the exhibits. You know, you see the Freedom Riders uh, bus. There was a uh, there was. Um, um, it was firebombed, you know, you see that, and you see, you go, damn, dude, I mean, and, and not to get into the fact of, you know, oh, we have terrorists of our own, uh, yeah, duh, um, but uh, it, was, uh, it was, it was, I got emotional, dude, you start seeing all that stuff, I mean, uh, they, they have, uh, they have, uh, they have uh, exhibits of, um, like, a straight Klansman uh, outfit, you know, and it's uh, you look at it and it's kind of scary. Uh, at least it was to me. You know it's complete with a hood, the insignia of the cross And uh, in, inside that a red uh, um, circular uh, pattern. Um, there was a, a, a cross there too as well. There was a, a modern cross. it was a cross and a shovel. In the 1990s, uh, the cross was burned in the home of uh, in in front of a home of a a white woman that was uh, married to a black man in Huntsville, and uh, it was collected by the FBI as evidence uh, from the scene of a hate crime. And uh, that was uh, that was pretty. Uh, it wasn't. I don't say necessarily shocking, but um, you look at you know those practices that were uh, used. Back in the 60s, even before that, you know, Jim Crow era, after uh, Reconstruction. And you see that stuff, and you're like, whoa, dude. You know what I mean? Um, I mean, not if you know what I mean, but uh, you can see uh, how it was, uh, you know, divided and uh, um, African-Americans were treated. And in this case, in the 90s, um, uh, interracial couple. So, yeah, man um it was a trip um going through there and uh yeah you see that obviously you see the images of um of Martin Luther King and other uh, civil rights leaders and uh yeah dude it was a uh, it was trippy and you see a bunch of uh, they have a bunch of uh, you know those old school um um just like uh, advertisements for watermelon and uh, different types of food, but with the uh, exaggerations of uh, the Sambo uh, type of character and all that. But one cool picture um, that, was, that I got, it was a blackface car- character of vaudeville. in an internationally famous uh, comedian, uh, a gentleman by the name of Bert Williams. And uh, he ended up starring in the Ziegfeld Follies in the early 1900s. And um, minstrel shows and stuff like that. Uh, and, uh, that gentleman actually lived in Riverside, uh, from Jamaican origin- origins, but lived in Riverside, was from Riverside, claimed Riverside. So that was a uh, pretty interesting to see. And the other thing that was, uh, captivating about it was, um, it's, uh, it's, uh, next to a couple of, um, very, um, I guess you can say, uh, locations of the civil rights movement across the street from the Institute. Was uh, Kelly Ingram Park, and uh, on May second, uh, 1963, over a 1, thousand African American t- teenagers prepared for uh, prepared to march uh, from 16th Street Baptist Church, which is across the street from uh, Kelly Ingram Park as well, and uh, they uh, decided to march from 16th Street Baptist Church to City Hall, and you know, police uh, began arresting. Uh, the Young protesters and um, at Kelly Ingram Park, and you know, um, and at that time, there was a, a commissioner of public safety. Um, I don't know if you, I know he ran for governor, I don't know if he ran for president, but his name is T. Eugene Bull Connor. His name was Bull Connor. I remember I had a sixth grade teacher, and her, her name is slipping my mind right now, and she was really into like shaming that man. And um, he readied his forces for, uh, for another mass march by the station police to get him ready. And with K-9 units and firemen at that, uh, at that, uh, at that park, which is now named Kelly Ingram Park. I don't know if it was uh, named Kelly Ingram Park at the time, but it seems it was. And uh, just, put, just putting the high-pressure water uh, uh, jets on them and um, knocking down protesters to the ground. I mean, tearing up their clothing and then sicking dogs on them. It is, um, again, an example of uh, of, uh, of the civil rights uh, history in our country. And I mean, as bad as it was, we just got to know that it happened before. And uh, institutes like this, our um, museums with exhibitions and all that, uh, really help um, keep it alive that it happened. And that stuff has changed, you know. I uh, I've never been uh, subject to any racism, nothing like that before. Nobody's ever called me any derogatory names. Uh, to be quite frank with you guys, I never really experienced like racism or been around like just like intercultural racism or interracial racism, if uh, that's a term or a description of what I'm gonna tell you guys. I've never been um, uh, subject to that till. I started uh, doing stand-up. That's when I started uh, when, like, you know, f- Latinos would make fun of other Latinos that are, that are darker than them, shit like that. And it's funny. People say that, like, oh, all, all, all Mexicans are racist, all Latinos. Are That's bullshit. My folks were never uh, racist against black people, never racist of uh, of any family members or people we knew, uh, calling them darker, lighter. It was never a question. But, yeah, I seen it a lot um, within our own scene, uh, Latino scene, stuff like that. And I was kind of like, you know, whatever. But, yeah, I've never been a part of that or uh, been subject to that, which I quite frankly think is uh, pretty lame. (laughs) So, yeah, um, that was one cool thing. And the next cool thing was the 16th uh, Street uh, Baptist Church. If you go to my Instagram, you can see a picture of the Kelly Ingram Park. And uh, that's – it's not a statue, it's pretty much, uh, what can you say, a sculpture of a police officer with a dog, um, uh, kind of sickening it on a on a kid. Uh, an example of, of what took place at that time. Uh, a German shepherd, actually. <laughs> but yeah, um, I don't know if you guys know, um, 16th Street Baptist Church um, was a, a scene where um, three uh, girls were killed. Um, and... Um, some white supremacists uh, planted a bomb at the 16th uh, Street Baptist Church and um uh, three kids i believe three or four um i think were killed and they were all about like 14 years old young girls and um again an example of uh, of uh, domestic terrorism and um and that's what kind of help put political pressure. Um, Because obviously the local uh, authorities at that time weren't really doing anything. And in essence, it seemed like they were condoning the violence. And and that pretty much ensured passage of the 1964 uh, Civil Rights Act signed into law by Lyndon B. Johnson on the 2nd of July, 1964. And a lot of people. Uh, I remember having a. Her name was. it uh, Wasn't Weidel was the last name again? Uh, she was my history teacher, in high school. I'm um, straight slipping my name my my head right now. Again, this is like I'm trying to like remember as I speak. Uh, she was. Uh, I think it was Weidel was the last name. Miss Weidel, if I'm not mistaken. She's no longer there at uh, Norda Vista. However, uh, she used to praise Lyndon B. Johnson, saying he pretty much one of the um, best presidents uh, the U.S. Have, has ever uh, seen. And a lot of people will um, will beg to differ, just because the way that uh, the Vietnam War was handled. And uh, however, one of the one of the pinnacles of his administration is what she would say was that he got the uh, Civil Rights Act passed, but he did it in a very political manner. He would uh, call in um, senators, congressmen that weren't going to vote his way. He would already know they weren't going to vote his way to pass a bill. So uh, he got intel. Um, how he got it, I don't know. But he would get information on these uh, um, on these lawmakers and uh, summon them to his uh, office, at the Oval Office. And um, this is going to be, I'm going to basically be the instructor telling us, um, what she uh, what she said to us. Ah, I had to get a little drink. It's weird. I'm in my little uh, studio, but I feel better because I have my mic. I have my little thing, but I still feel like we're not completely done here. So, uh, she would say basically like, "Hey, how you doing?" So and so, and he would uh, she would uh, say, "Who's Mary?" And he would eyes would uh, bulk up, and he says, "I know who Mary is." Well, they're going to have a, a vote on the civil rights bill tomorrow. And uh, make sure you vote our way. Because if not, we'll tell your wife, your staff, and everybody else who Mary is. And um, whether you want to call it politics or in essence of blackmail, I don't know if it works that way these days. But uh, that was his tactics that he would use. He would get, to the, get down and dirty to get this bill passed. And it's funny because some people would say uh that uh Lindy b johnson was a racist uh, he was from texas uh that he wasn't really for black folks uh at the time but it can also um you can contrast it with uh, abraham lincoln uh even though he didn't and it's it's uh it's known documented that he did not like african americans black people at the time but he uh, but regardless of if he didn't like them or not he should he he said they should be treated equal regardless of that which is weird but um there's a, there's a lot more logic that goes into that but uh i i i have not the ammunition to describe it to the t so i'll give you that little um, quick snippet of what i know and what i remember so uh so stuff like that is what like kind of like goes. Even though these guys aren't um, keen to a certain type of folks in their in their country, in their community, or in um, their world, they also know um, what people need. That people at least, I mean, you know, they're on uneven ground, and uh, they need to be. Um, for instance, uh, at least be able to, you know, play on a ground that's semi-level, you know, at least enacted by law where you have to do it, you know. So, yeah, man. <laughs> that's it, man, uh, with my experience. And I, I don't want to get you guys, like, in a somber mood. Right. Sure, I wonder if some people just uh, tune out. Dude, what the fuck are you on, bro? Who gives a fuck? Or, But it's definitely uh, something that's dear to my heart. And it's it, it's a trip because you kind of like uh, kind of makes you want to cry a little bit, like if you really like you know um, sit down and think about it and go like, dude, like it's trippy, dude. It's really it really is. I remember um, I wasn't even a uh, I don't think I was no I think it was high school. I had a copy of the Constitution, or we had a copy of the Constitution at the house. Um, it was hung up in kind of in the kitchen area or halfway between the kitchen area, behind the cabinets which uh, were shown to, like, separate the kitchen from um, the dining area. And I remember coming home one day after I found out that whole thing that uh, that blacks, um, people in the Constitution were, uh, were uh, considered three-fifths a human or three-fifths a person. And that just, like, dude, it, like, really tore me up. I just didn't understand it. I mean, like, what the fuck? And I remember I came home. I was angry about that. And uh, I grabbed the Constitution and I started tearing it up. And my dad grabbed me. And he's all, what the fuck are you doing? And I remember I started kind of like crying and getting emotional and going like, dude, this is fucked up. And he's all, what? is it your problem? It doesn't matter, dude. It doesn't, what the fuck? And I was like, it does matter, dude. He's all, and I was like, and then I remember like, you know, calming down after it and like, <laughs> having to take my ass back to C&M School Supply and buy another constitution because I tore the other one down. And uh, yeah, man, it's just trippy to think about that. And I remember being in uh college at uh, Cal State uh University, San Bernardino. And um I was uh his name slipping my mind too, dude. Uh, I took a US Constitution um course history of the US Constitution and the um the instructor uh or the professor at that time he uh he uh um, extrapolated why the um, why it was th- three-fifths, uh, uh, they were considered three-fifths uh, human and three-fifths a person. And he said it was for voting purposes. In essence, the more slaves you have, the more um, weight you have, the more power you have. Because each of those slaves counts as three-fifths of one vote. So the more slaves, the more power, therefore. So it was not... Um, you know, one thing if it counted, but it didn't count, I mean, you know, we're going back to the slave, uh, days in colonial America and then after, uh, it became the United States and it's not till 1964 that, uh, black folks, people of color have the, uh, uh right to vote. Um, so yeah, it came a long way, but it's, uh, it's, uh, it's here, but yeah, dude, trippy little trippy little little thoughts and uh yeah man it was it was really like it was it was a trip to me all that stuff it was like discovering new stuff you know <laughs> or somebody's like, how about your people and i was like fuck our people the american people <laughs> and i don't want to be all like uh you know guy waving the flag or whatever but um we definitely got to take pride It's a trip. (laughs) I don't even know where the fuck I'm going with this, but yeah, man. Oh, Birmingham. Yeah, we had fun. (laughs) God damn, dude. All right. (laughs) Well, I hope you guys are good, man. I just wanted to give you a little snippet. Uh, Really, um, um, I wanted to, you know, say, um, at least tell you guys about Birmingham, my experience there at at the uh, Institute for uh, Civil Rights um and one cool thing after um i went to go eat some soul food god damn dog you did the whole tour huh i did um it was in downtown so nothing was open and i'm looking at yelp all right this place is open this place is open and i hit up one of these security guards at the institute so like, oh, you gotta go down there go down there and I, yeah yeah don't worry it's good food and i go there and that shit's closed and then i go to another place and it's closed and i'm like jesus christ dude I'm just gonna call this Uber and take off. And I was like, dude, I don't want to go eat that shitty barbecue again. And I'm looking as I'm walking down the street, and I see these like white uh, little uh, tablecloths over some tables on the on the street on the sidewalk and little chairs. And I walk over there, and it's like a restaurant slash an art gallery. But the place was called Gabrielle's, and it was um, they do catering, but they have a buffet on Saturday and Sunday and um, it was like 18 bucks and dude they had fried chicken they had fried chicken cutlets they had neck bones they had collard greens they had cornbread they had stuffing they had barbecue chicken they had uh, what else they had oh dude the best peach cobbler well everything was the best I mean I've eaten soul food um uh, one time before in the South, I really don't remember it. I was with Voodoo. I ate soul foods at M&M's in LA. Eh, pretty, pretty good. But this stuff, dude, this stuff was a bomb, dude. I mean, I ate two plates and I just couldn't eat anymore, dude. I could not eat anymore. And I'm going to say, like, my favorite fried chicken is KFC. Um, but I always thought, like, you know, KFC still got this, uh, the similar... um you know, the little chicken that's a little buff, you know? Um, but if you go to uh, to Roscoe's, the one next to the Palladium, off Gower in L.A., off Sunset, they have the best fried chicken, like, to me, and like Cali. But again, it's like smaller chicken. It's not all hormoned out. You know, that's why it's a little smaller. But this chicken that I ate at Gabrielle's right there in um, downtown Birmingham. Casarich maron. Let me tell you right there, you know... It's the best I ever had Made with love And all that other stuff, you know Generations Comes the recipe But it was like Bomb, dude Bomb Bomb let' like, dude, the best ever Oh my god I can still almost taste it So dude <laughs> Left there all full And uh Got to uh The hotel room Enough to take like a little Half hour nap <laughs> And uh Get ready, dude, for showtime—the last show on Sunday. So yeah, man, Birmingham was a uh, Birmingham was cool. It was copacetic. It was chill. And um, oh yeah, that's what I wanted to uh, let you guys know about, like an underwritten rule or my rule or not necessarily a rule or gu- more or less uh, guidelines is when you're on the road with somebody, like right. I um, you definitely want to invite because you don't want to be like, oh, dude. Uh, Oh why don't you invite me Or I went by myself Because you know You at least want to give people the option And the thing is You know when you're rolling with a headliner You usually kind of do what they do You know But sometimes you don't do shit Just like the hotel room Fucking twisting them up Puffing It's like shit gets old after a while So I hit both those fools up I hit up Hicks I hit up Esparza And you know they were all like Dude it's raining I don't want to go It's like dude fuck all that I got my fucking uh, umbrella I'm going so, I just didn't want to be all like ungrateful, dude, and just like take off by myself. Um, but it was good that I was able to go to go by myself. I took my own time, went at my own pace. And, uh, yeah, man, it was, uh, really cool. And it was, uh, and I was glad I went, dude. I was definitely, um, super glad that I went. And, uh, finally, like, I got to go see the spots. Um, that I've seen in textbooks that, um, I heard about in lectures and it was really, really cool little peaceful little time that I had for myself. And I haven't really done too much on the road. I mean, we're pretty much like angels, dude. We do the gigs, you wrap up, toke, go back to the hotels, toke some more, watch some stuff. (laughs) We were watching a lot of death wish. It was on, on demand. Just the first one. Um, and that's about it. It's pretty. It's pretty boring, dude. It's not like we're over there chasing hoes, partying at people's houses. None of that stuff, dude. It's just we we go there to take care of business first and foremost. You know what I mean? But uh, yeah, man, it was very, 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 very cool. And uh, yeah, dude. Um, I, th- I want to say it's four. It's Fourth Street. It's Fourth Ave. In downtown Birmingham, you know, that has a, it's right there in downtown, old uh, old uh, jazz hall. I believe it's called Carver Jazz Hall, the venue. Old school, like, Hall of Fame Museum for uh, Jazz. It's a performing arts uh, theater. You can go get all their info at jazzhall.com. But that place was closed on Sunday, but I think it's getting renovated. It's on the corner of Fourth Ave and Seventeenth Street, right there in uh, Birmingham. So yeah, man. You know, f- people from Cab all the way to Miles Davis, man. So uh, yeah, man. And one thing I was gonna say about the Osmond Kelly Ingram uh, Kelly Ingram uh, Park was named after Osmond Kelly Ingram, who uh, was alive uh, from. Eighteen eighty-seven to nineteen seventeen, he was the first African American sailor killed in action in World War One, aboard the USS Cassin. So uh, he was uh, awarded the Medal of Honor in nineteen seventeen, and the War Cross in uh, Italy. So yeah, man, that was the name uh, of that park where all that other stuff went down. But yeah, man, it was uh, it was cool. I just wanted to share that with you guys, and. um, that's about it, dude. <laughs> Don't want to really leave you guys on that note, dude, but I just definitely wanted to wanted to let you guys know that, um, yeah, man, that uh, what I experienced in school, it meant a lot, dude. It really, 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 really was uh, eye-opening, to say the least, and something that I was uh, interested in for days, and then you kind of forget you're not in school anymore, you're off in your track doing whatever it is you do in life. But it was definitely, um, definitely cool so um yeah so dates um stand-up dates I will be um, at the Miami improv from uh March 8th next week to the 10th uh it's gonna be I don't know who who the middle uh, is going to be but I'll definitely be with uh, Felipe and um, we'll have fun uh tickets just go to improv.com or go to felipe's world.com and oh I also wanted to take um, a moment to uh, honor the uh Life of uh, Steven, uh, Brody Stevens. He's not with us anymore. And I just wanted to say, give him a shout out. A cool guy. I did a podcast with him two weeks ago on Festival of... Uh, it's called Festival of Friendship was the name of the podcast. And uh, yeah, it was cool. I, uh, I've always seen him around. And it wasn't until we were doing the What's Up full podcast at the Burbank location where we pretty much been seeing him um, for the last three years. And he's been on the what's up full podcast. You guys can check that out. And uh, he was just a positive, cool dude. Every time we would see him, he'd be, how you doing, Rodrigo, (laughs) you know? Um, So yeah, man, Uh, may he rest in peace. Also shout out to all things comedy uh, for giving him, giving him a memorial. Of, of his podcast Had a lot of people on it I just didn't want to be on it I was good I just wanted to just chill there Represent Observe They had some food It was cool to run into some people Uh Fraser Smith Like always Um Jimmy Schubert Uh I met that dude uh, Mo Ammer. He was super super cool What's the name Amir K was there Said what's up uh, Red Band was there Said what's up Um Brenton was there Biddlecom, And uh shout out to uh eric olingi i think that's how you spell his uh pronounce his last name i just call him eric but his last name's o l i g n y he was on the podcast he was a producer of uh festival of friendship so uh with that being said uh long leave uh long live um the spirit of uh stephen uh, Brody Stevens. And uh, check out the What's Up Full podcast. And with that being said, you guys have a wonderful week weekend, and I'll get back to you guys soon. Oh, and um, wait, there's more. <laughs> a bit of a somber uh, podcast, but uh, nevertheless, um, we gotta we got we gotta be ourselves, dude. And um, and throughout the day and throughout the week, you go through uh, certain emotions, uh, certain state of minds uh, that happen with just downright living, dude. Business, family, work, social gatherings, all types of stuff. Uh, Even uh, remembering uh, past loved ones, you know. Also, shout out to uh, Rory Hillman, uh, R.I.P. Uh, Folks, I also want to (laughs) say there's been a lot of stuff going on. uh, uh, I I apologize for the delay, but uh, there's no need to apologize. We're just going to keep on uh, working, dude. Put the pieces together. Also, uh, Texas. Uh, we are coming uh, to the Arlington Improv. That's going to be at the end of the month, the 29th through the 31st. And that's going to be five shows. You guys can go to uh, Felipe's felipesworld.com uh, for tickets or just go to the improv.com uh, and type in Arlington Improv in Texas. Uh, also, uh, April 9th, we will be uh, at the Life Arts uh, Building in downtown Riverside. And that's going to be a show all in Spanish. Myself, Martin Rizzo, Felipe Esparza, Brought to you by myself in uh, Division 9 Gallery. Viva los Jokes. That's right, with Cosme Cordova. And it's on the corner of 9th, 9th, University and Lemon. And it's the uh, Life Arts Building. So uh, please come out to that. Uh, tickets will be available at the door. And uh, we're going to have fun. We're going to have uh, fun. It's going to be cool. It's going to be an interesting experience because I'm getting my set ready. I've never done a set in Spanish. So, um, yeah. And another... Um, uh, Spanish show, and that's going to be going down uh, next month on the 13th at the Comedy Palace in San Diego. And that'll be myself, Martin Rizzo, again. I think Benji, I forgot his name, but he's a homie with us uh, with Big Frog out there in uh, San Diego. is going to be a part of that show, too, and that's at the Comedy Palace next month on the 13th. So we have uh, the 9th in Riverside at the Life Arts Building. Uh, it's going to be a Viva Los Jokes show in Spanish. Um, long live the Chistes, and uh, the thirteenth in um, San Diego at the Comedy Palace. So that's two Spanish shows. Texas, Arlington, at the end of this month, and uh, yeah, man. And also, I wanted to add the reason I, um, I was going to add a recording that I had with the gentleman in Birmingham that gave me the lift to the uh, Institute for Civil Rights, and he was uh, he was uh, part of the civil rights movement as well. And he has I asked him a couple questions, and we uh, had a Pretty good conversation. Recorded on an iPhone, so I apologize. <laughs> there we go again. I sound like uh, uh, Kurt Cobain. All apologies. Uh, f- firsthand, uh, before you guys listen to it, uh, the audio recording might be a little, you know, a little weird. But if it's not, and you guys can sustain it, yeah, it, it'll be a pretty much a, would be known as a primary source on a on a, on a historical footnote in uh, our uh, country's history so with that being said i'll get back to you guys on the next uh podcast with what's been going on you guys continue to have a wonderful week and uh keep shining always remember to shine thank you very much for supporting the podcast excuse me um also uh we have those podcast uh, shirts on uh, deck uh yeah man podcast and uh they will get delivered to you uh so uh, hit me up through the DMs, um, and uh, we'll get those to you. And also, please go to uh, wherever you listen to the podcast and rate the podcast, especially iTunes. Uh, leave a comment, and uh, yeah, man, let's keep this uh, ball rolling. And uh, ta-da! With no magic trick, here you go. All right, enjoy. They redid it, and it's all new and uh, up to date
1: yeah. now. Yeah. So, I'm talking about what we what we used together with Dr. King and March. Uh, the Civil Rights uh, Museum and the uh, 16th Street Baptist Church. Okay. Yeah, all that. That's where you're going, right? Yeah, yeah, right yeah. there in that
0: little center. Right yeah, there. all
1: that, all that historic area. Man, that was my hangout. That's where we used to hang out at. Oh, really? Okay.
0: Oh, yeah, man. I got two buddies with me, but uh, one, Toby Hicks. He's from Omaha, but he's been in LA for about 20, 25 years. Okay. But he's like, oh man, my stomach hurt. You gonna go on ahead? My, <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm,
1: I'm saying you him, Cut it out and get a new one <laughs> <laughs> you, this, then,
0: you, you this close and you ain't gonna go? That's what I'm saying Because like I told you I felt bummed last time I came here I mean, I originally came here in 96 But I was with a band And they were oh, like, man. hey We're loading up uh, Voodoo Glow Skulls
1: Okay, I, yeah. Yeah, I'm an audio technician I had a oh, okay. band Okay,
0: yeah. hell yeah And then uh, the other guy was like Where is it? It's, uh, it's downtown And he didn't reply But you know, he's all like It's raining So he probably doesn't want to roll But it's all good It's all good, man, because I'm telling you, man, Birmingham,
1: I tell anybody, I I just moved back to Birmingham, uh, I've been back a year, and maybe about five, four, five months. Okay. Uh, I just, I lived the last 36, close to 37 years in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and, uh, but I went to school and grew up here in Birmingham. Okay. I was involved when, when, you know, when the movement started you know with Dr. King and Shellsworth and Abernathy you know Jesse Jackson everybody you know
0: cause I was a little kid with the kids so also just were called the foot soldiers and you guys were um, I mean obviously the NAACP but a lot of people don't also know like SNCC yeah stuff like um, you know it's a little bit more clandestine um,
1: yeah, I, I used to go to a young lady uh, name is Janice Janice Wigglesworth I used to go with her she went to school with Angela Davis they were the same classes Okay. Yeah, so I'm, so I'm glad I came back home at the time that I did because I'm glad to
0: see all of the, the progress and the growth that has been. And in your opinion, has it hasn't changed uh, dramatically to how it was? Yeah. And, uh... Yeah, yeah, it has changed more dramatically.
1: It has really changed greatly. Uh, and it's good, uh...
0: Not happy about the high taxes. And <laughs> <laughs> you know, as far as uh, the schematics of the thing, like uh, as far as where people are now, because now you obviously have Latinos, a lot of Mexican descent out here. Yeah. Uh, is it pretty much still semi-segregated in that sense? Uh, is there like the white areas, the Latino areas, the black areas, or the mixed areas, or is it um, no. is it evenly distributed? Or it's on? Un- yeah,
1: it's it's evenly distributed. Left up entirely to the person and their ability to be there. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, you don't want yeah, to distance
0: yourself Not involve yourself fi- with those my, jobs. You know,
1: financially, uh, can you afford to be here? Spiritually, can you afford to be here? Mentally, can you afford to be here? In other words, you may have the money to be in an area, but your spirit and your energy, mentality... Does not uh, dictate to you to be in this particular area. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, There's not just one component. No, it's not one component. It's it, you know, uh, the segregation now is within the individual's mind mindset because everything is open up for everybody.
0: So what you're saying, like the civil rights movement, uh, knocked down that uh, that barrier of uh, a, group, a group, of yeah. group. Think. That yeah. identity of a, a group of people against a group of people. Yeah. Now it's up to the individual. And you it's up to the so, individual. You mix know? yourself in. Right.
1: At find you your way. Know, uh we have to get past, yes, these things went on, but we still have to get past them and seek down to really, because in the Bible it says my people will perish for lack of knowledge. The greatest knowledge that one can have is to know thyself. Know your identity. Know who you really are. Once you know who you really are, then you should walk and act as such. You don't see a cat walking and acting like a dog because the cat knows that he's a cat and a dog knows he's a dog. You understand? Don't,
0: don't take my
1: heritage and my descent from me reveal, to help me to reveal and know who I am. Because it's a proud, because we all have proud heritage, strong descendants and background where we come from. Roots. Roots. Strong roots. Take the next turn onto US-31, north then turn right onto the I-65 north ramp. See, because you only have one root, see, it's only one root, and that root is the Creator of Almighty, Almighty Creator. The All, and you know, in in, in committee studies, is the All in All for All.
0: All. So
1: everything and everybody is connected. Everything is energy.
0: Even though some individuals say otherwise,
1: they, they say otherwise. But who is this talking through this individual? So, so Jesus said, try the spirit. So you may listen to the audible sound, but you should hear the spirit that's behind the audible sound. Where is this, where is this sound? Where's this thought coming from? Who's the origin of this thought? Go that's go to the root. Then you will see the. It just seems
0: like all the little uh, superficial arguments that people have today that they swipe from the television, it's not even them thinking about it. It's them following some rhetoric. That's what I'm saying. And they're having pretty much baseless arguments. You know, it's from nothing. And somebody's telling them, in essence, what to say and do and act. And that's not the self. Yeah, it's wasted energy.
1: There you go. It's wasted energy. And what it is is that uh, it's a distraction from your higher self. That's, that's where the separation and the segregation comes in. See what I'm saying? Oh, it, totally. It's separating you from your higher self who you really are. We're blinded. Of course. But. It's up to you. There you go. Dr. King said one of the most profound statements in one of his last speeches when he said, I have been to the mountaintop and i've seen the promised land i may not get there with you but we as a people will all get there someday we as a people he didn't say we as a black person he said we as a people and what dr king was talking about was that dr king was talking about unity right he was talking about elevating your mind elevate elevate your Awareness of just who you are And from which you come from Once you realize you come from where you come from All of the other stuff goes out the window. You're transcending race right. Color, all that you're stuff transcended, You're transcending Transcending The physical Plane That doesn't even exist Barriers, borders, yeah. all that yeah, stuff Yeah, all that stuff, man this, and all that other mess and like For people the yeah, con- and the that's men, what Dr. King women, did You see and that's what humans. Dr. King Yeah and Dr. King said I have been to And I've seen He said And everybody I may not get done with you, But everybody He will return to From which they've come
0: yeah. He, yeah and that's why Sometimes His message gets stained Where it was only meant For black folk African-American folks, but in essence it was meant for everybody.
1: Dr. King was together.
0: It was meant for
1: everybody. It was meant for everybody. Mm -hmm. Because in the word it says let those that have eyes see and let those that have ears hear. We're not talking about these eyes here and we're not talking about these ears. We're talking about the ears and the eyes of the spiritual man. You understand? Uh, 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 That's where faith comes from. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Uh, as a minister in uh, Atlanta, now he has a church in Atlanta and also comes out of New Orleans. Dr. Uh, his name is Bishop Paul Morton, and he preached a sermon a few years back when I was in Philly. And I listened to it because it was a three-part sermon It was so long. And he came on TV, so they're doing three parts it was called the, the title of the sermon was if you want to see god you got to close your eyes and that's deep if you want to see god you got to close your eyes your eyes see on the material plane on the on the cis, superficial level yeah on the right the cis plane but god is everywhere mind body it, and soul in everything the trees oh yeah the ground. Look at those stones. Look at those, I teach on stones, man. I teach and sell crystals, amethyst, labradorite, black tourmaline stones. I teach people how to feel the energy. A stone is a living being. I teach people how to feel the energy, how to allow the stone to choose you, how to communicate with the stone, how to become still and know what meditation is. Truly, is it's not about going into some sort of outer stratosphere. No, uh, it's about knowing yeah. how to be still and to listen, so that you can be reminded to remember how to hear who you really are.
0: Feel that energy?
1: Yes, sir. And be that
0: energy. Right. Because uh, a lot of folks these days believe they're getting energy from these little devices, and it's really <laughs> not happening.
1: They don't realize that you are
0: energy. Yeah, man. Because
1: in the in the in the Book of John, the first chapter which says in the beginning was the word and the word was God and the word was with God and the word became flesh and dwelt among us so the word was invisible vibratory frequency manifested into flesh speaking a word is manipulating or facilitating energy Oh, given yeah. the spiritual realm Permission to manifest That which you have spoken out of your mouth That's why speech is very important Always That's why the word tells you that If I don't tell you what to say Say nothing Because in the Bible it tells you that My word will not return to me void But it will accomplish What I sent it out to do So if you don't know what to say Don't say anything Because after you speak the spirit realm is gonna take what you said and manifest it. Why? Because, like the song said, because God has spoken. Let the church say amen. Amen means in the in the in the Hebrew, means I believe and I agree. But amen. in prophetic, it's not amen, it's Amon, Amon Ra, which is one of the spiritual names of the creator of the all.
0: Oh yeah. And we got all these people these days that don't shut up and speak and it's nothing but baloney, man.
1: You know what I'm hey, saying? Hey, 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 Ry. <laughs> baloney with a whole with way too much sodium. <laughs> way too much salt. Yeah know? man, salty. Like salty, yeah. man. Salty speech. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's a trip. Yeah, well, it's all this all this rain and stuff that they said coming in. I mean, it's gonna be like this when you leave the town. We leaving Monday morning tomorrow. Okay. Yeah, it's gonna. Uh, it's gonna be like this the rest of the week, starting right now. They said that we might get maybe six inches of rain. Wow. But before it's so, over, you know, six inches of rain—that's a lot of water. Yeah. yeah. That's a lot of water. You guys been dry for a little bit? Yeah. Huh? You guys yeah. been dry out here? But it been getting a lot of rain down here. Okay, they want us to take
0: 3rd Avenue. No, I'm all right, I know where
1: we're going. I used to hang out there,
0: I used together in the park. And how'd you guys communicate back then? It was just uh, on the phone? Yeah. Hanging out? Yeah,
1: yeah. Hang, hanging out and on the
0: telephone. Yeah, phone booth, phone in the house, you know, and
1: hanging out at the club, doing all that kind of stuff man, you know?
0: And was it rough with the authorities? Were they rough on you guys, or? Oh yeah. So there was oh, no yeah. love lost there. Yeah.
1: When you go, when you go to, across, when you saw it in the park, you're gonna see, you're gonna see how some of the water cannons, the fire hoses used to look, that they used to uh, turn on us. Uh-huh. The fire hoses were so strong, man, they blown the their children across the street. They were too powerful, they could turn over uh, cars, man. With those hoses?
0: Yeah, those yeah, miles, see how big
1: Avenue See how big those dogs were, man yeah. If they were letting Come the little children, man You know them big canine dogs? Oh yeah, You ain't hey, no matching match no big old dogs trained like that, man You know It was vicious stuff Stuff went on, you know But hey It showed everybody Take What we all are North made continue out of on to 11th
0: Street
1: And it should teach everybody, up to now, it should teach everybody. You must walk in unconditional love.
0: And as easy as it sounds, it's still difficult for some folks, huh? Yeah. Hey, let me tell you something, brother. It's not,
1: hard, it's not easy to walk in unconditional love and forgiveness, especially... Head
0: northeast on
1: 3rd Avenue North toward 12th Street North. Take you, the next left onto 12th Street North. You can't walk in forgiveness and unconditional love until you know who you are. can't do it. It's impossible. As long as you relate to yourself... As a fleshly carnal being. feet, turn right onto Fifth Avenue North. And then continue to use the pronouns as my, I, myself, me. That's separation. You function from a paradigm of separation. Yeah, that's and Ultimate knowledge. That's, selfish, that's selfishness. Yeah, man. You have to you have to let go of the selfishness and become selfless before you'll ever be able to function as a god being divine bright shining light in the turn earth turn right onto fifth to avenue to make all good that's the only way it's going to ever happen all the way whoa what so happened to the signs down here
0: in a quarter mile turn left onto 16th street north and then you'll
1: be at your destination this place right here? Right here? Jim Burke, right here. Uh-huh. That, that's an all new stuff there. But years ago, my granddaddy bought me my first car when I got out of high school from this place right here. Jim Burke Buick. Little dealership. Yeah. Jim Burke Buick bought me a 65 Bonneville, Pontiac Bonneville. Blue with a black vinyl top. It was sharp. <laughs> yeah. Styling, huh? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All of this down here, right here, down here, all, all here, all the way back across from both sides, on down further street, where we used to gather and march, and man, hang out. All the pimps, the players, the hustlers, you know, all
0: this was, all that area too, you know. And in your opinion, what gave birth to uh, the movement? What finally did it for people to come out and speak out in March and let it be known that they uh, were designed
1: change? Of- you know, it was tired of going, you like going to a, a, a restaurant and you couldn't go in the front door. You had to go in the back door or they would, they want your money, but they didn't want you. This is the A.G. Gaston Motel right here. Dr. A.G. Gaston Motel right here to your left, right here. This is where all the civil rights movement people, Dr. King and them, would have to stay in here. They wouldn't allow it to stay in another place. This was a uh, Dr. Uh, Gaston's drugstore. A.G. Gaston was a multi-black man, a millionaire, multi multi-black man, millionaire.
0: Take the next left onto and, 16th uh, Street North, then sold, your destination will be at He had the, the A.G.
1: Gaston Insurance Company, uh, Smith & Gaston, uh, funeral directors, Booker T. Washington. This is the A.G. Gaston building. All this is historic area. All this. All this. This used to be a gas station sitting right here called Cliffs. He was the first black man in Birmingham that had a limousine service. It was a Gulf gas station right there. Oh, wow. Okay, now from here on down, all this was clubs. All this was clubs all down through the Jazz Nightclub. This this is the park, the Kelly, the famous Kelly Ingram Park, where we used to gather see the statues and everything, how they stuff used to do, look mm-hmm. how they did. All this, all of this is the, uh, this is it. This is the—that's the 16th Street Baptist Church that was bombed to kill the four little girls. Right there. That's just the park where we used to gather. This is where we used to have. This is the
0: museum right here. Wow. See the people going in? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, Donald, I want to thank you very much for that information and a great conversation with you.
1: I appreciate you, sir. I know you're going to enjoy yourself. Most definitely. And what's your uh, complete name? Donald. Donald. Perry. Donald Perry. P E R R Y. Thank you so much. God bless you so much, and we thank you for being here. Likewise, brother. Have a wonderful rest yeah. of the day. All right, you too. I wish I could pick you up to the airport tomorrow morning,
0: but I'll be at the, the you. Most definitely. Keep shining, brother. All right, yeah, so we keep shining. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, man. Rodrigo.